Mr. Groves? Yes, Your Honor. Please begin your argument. Thank you. If it may please the court, my name is Greg Groves and I have the privilege of representing Gary Hodge in this matter. And Gary Hodge is the appellant, is respectfully requesting this court to reverse the district court's granting of Walgreens motion for summary judgment. We're requesting that reversal because the substantive law of Missouri requires that Mr. Hodge be given all the reasonable inferences and those inferences create a factual issue of whether the lip created by the unevenness between the sidewalk and the pavement was in fact a dangerous condition. Counsel for Walgreens and I do not disagree on a lot of facts um, and we don't disagree on the law. This court reviews this summary judgment de novo. This court uh, has the standard by the parties in the briefs and we agree on what the standard of law for deciding a motion for <coughs> summary judgment is. We simply disagree on whether there is a factual issue of whether there was a dangerous condition. And just as we did in the brief, we would like to first direct this court's attention to its own opinion, the Eighth Circuit's opinion in Shanner versus United States. And that case, a gentleman tripped on an uneven sidewalk and was injured. And I understand counsel's arguments, um, but the district court granted summary judgment and the trial court reversed, or the, I'm sorry, the Eighth Circuit, this court reversed the granting of summary judgment. Now, counsel for um, Walgreens suggests, well, that case really doesn't apply. And the reason it doesn't apply is because that case was really dealing with an open and obvious condition. And, and I agree with that. That case is, is dealing with an open and obvious condition. This case before the court right now, Hodge versus Walgreens is not at open and obvious is not at issue. But here's why I think that distinction is really without a difference. The reason that distinction is without a difference is that before you even get to the issue of open and obvious, you probably should find a dangerous condition because you don't worry about whether a condition is open and obvious until it's presumed that there's a dangerous condition. And I think that in this court's opinion in Shanner, says as much. Um, the court specifically says on a couple of times, you know, given the standard, when there is a dangerous condition, then you look at open and obvious. It says when there is a dangerous condition, you look at whether others would appreciate that risk. And so from that standpoint, I think the Shanner case is good law. And Council, aren't, the, aren't there also uh, evidentiary differences in uh, the two cases in that there was uh, expert testimony in the record in the Shanner case. A absolutely, Your Honor, and, um, and and let me address those. N number one, uh, one of the things that they cited in the Shanner case, and the counsel for Walgreens points out in, in her brief, is that there was testimony as to the height differential. And we don't have differential or height differential in this case. And I would argue a couple of things. I would argue, number one, whether a condition is dangerous or not should not come down to an arbitrary measure of whether we're talking half an inch, an eighth of an inch, a full inch, or whatever. So I would argue that first. Second, I think both counsel for Walgreens and the district court 
wants to put the burden on plaintiff, but the burden for summary judgment is not on plaintiff. And this is something that if there was a high differential issue that they wanted to address like they do in their brief, that property's right there. They're in control of that property. They could have gone out, done the measurement and said, hey, here we are. This is what the height differential is. And I don't believe well, now you said that you said the magic word plaintiff's case. And I'm sorry. No, 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 no. I meant by that. That sparked a thought in my mind which is Hecox. I bet you're familiar with the Court of Appeals opinion in, I'm going to call it Hecox, H-E-A-C-O-X, Missouri Court of Appeals in 92. And, yes, and, they, and there, of course, uh, directed verdict, Court of Appeals affirmed, saying there's no evidence in plaintiff's case as to the degree of incline. And so, therefore, nothing for the jury. And you put that with, because your time's short, Ms. Means' testimony, it's pretty much the same level, says... Uh, disinterested witness, Ms. Means. Uh, so isn't that the controlling authority on this case, the Hecox case? I don't think so. And here's why, Your Honor. Number one, at least in Hecox, they had the opportunity to present it to the trial. They got passed. As you pointed out, it was a directed verdict. So they got past summary judgment. I think that's argument number one. Number two. Uh, Counselor, there- you know, there was a summary judgment motion in that case. It's not favored. Do you know that there was a summary judgment motion in that case? I don't recall. If there I, was. And I don't I, no, no, I don't know either. As you know, they're disfavoring some Missouri courts. Go ahead. Right. So so that one was on a directed verdict, not a summary judgment. Yes, true. Second, Go ahead. Second, there was no uneven surface here. Everybody agrees that there was an uneven surface in Hecox. It was just an incline and there was no nothing about that at all. Here we have a clear uneven surface and even means and i i appreciate what means said and again i think that's for a jury but even means suggests that there was a lip and that she fell at the point where the bricks met the sidewalk um the court has the photographs but the district court himself found or the district court itself found that there was an unevenness and you don't have that in hecox but you found exhibit a your best picture is Exhibit A the best? Exhibit photo? A is probably the best picture we have in that. Okay, thank department. you very much. Proceed. Yes. And um, then the other thing I would say about Hecox is that it's actually criticized by Tiger versus Quality Transportation, a case we've cited in our, our briefs as well. And um, so I, I think Hecox, uh, while I understand the reason for citing that case, I don't think that case is opposite at all um, to the facts of, of where we are. And and speaking of Tiger, I really think that is is the, the case that the court should look at, because and I think this goes back to your issue, Mr. Smith, in terms of distinction and height differential, et cetera. There is nothing in Tiger to suggest that what that height differential was. Tiger is simply an uneven or a cracked sidewalk. And that's that's all we hear. And the court does not or actually reverses the granting of summary judgment. So for that reason, I think Tiger is a controlling case. And again, I think it points out the fact that some of the differences cited in Shanner uh, do not apply. The other thing, which I'd also like to say about that distinction, Judge Smith, that you brought up, is that with regard to um, Shanner and your question about expert witnesses, um, Rykaw, a case we've cited in our brief, says you can show it on circumstantial evidence. And here, the circumstantial evidence is there's a lip, plaintiff 
fell on the lip, and therefore uh, that in and of itself is enough in our mind to show the circumstantial existence of a dangerous condition. And I'd like to reserve the remainder of my time, if I may. May it please the court. And Judge Smith, I think you're on mute. Thank you. You think I'd, you'd think I'd figured that out by now. Um, sorry, please proceed. Uh, good morning. I'm Christy Crawford and I represent Walgreen Company in this appeal. And it, we'll just get right down to it. Um, the plaintiff tries to put the burden on Walgreen to show that the lip was not a dangerous condition, but that's not Missouri law. That is an essential element of a claim for premises liability. The plaintiff has to show there was a dangerous condition on Walgreens premises that was not reasonably safe. And he also has to show that Walgreens knew or through the exercise of ordinary care could have known in the condition and failed to remove it, remedy or warn of it. Counsel, is, is the first issue, the uh, first element that you've described, that's the only one that the district court ruled on. Is that correct? Yes, that's correct. And, and, and no, go ahead. And, and, a, and what I was going to say is that is a key element. Um, if the plaintiff can't show a dangerous condition on the property caused the injuries, then their case fails. I mean, that's the essential part of a claim for premises liability is that but there's counsel. And if looking at this, all inferences in favor of the non-moving party, the plaintiff here, if everyone agrees that it's an uneven uh, step area, um, there was a fall. Why, why, why wouldn't this at least get beyond this stage and, and let it proceed further? Why, why not? First, the fact that the plaintiff fell does not show there's a dangerous condition. Um, we know that people trip and fall over things all the time. This case, the plaintiff hasn't even alleged that there's anything particularly wrong with the lip. It's just they claim the existence of it is dangerous. There's no claim that the lip is too high. There's no claim that it's hard to navigate the lip. There's no claim that you can't see the lip. There's no evidence that was presented from which it can be inferred that this lip is any more dangerous than the curb of a sidewalk or anything else that you encounter in daily life. Well, let me follow up because I'm curious about what you said they didn't present. What the the exhibit, I think it's exhibit A, is that the one that Judge Fenton was referring to, the, the best photo? Um, what You've listed some things they didn't present. What else would they present to meet a standard that you've described? This would be a different situation if there was evidence that the lip or the sidewalk wasn't constructed in compliance with applicable billing codes, or I'm sorry, yeah, the yeah, building codes, uh, or if there was evidence of prior falls. But there's no evidence that would suggest that Walgreens knew or should have known that this lip presented a dangerous condition. Well, I'm going to stop you. I, I, I think we're not at the should have known, right? Aren't we just, the district court didn't rule on that. Am I right? Uh, you are correct. But, but that okay. is the reason why we need proof of a dangerous condition. Um, there's got to be some 
foreseeability, some reason why the possessor of land should want to remedy or remove or warn of a condition. In this case, they're saying the lip existed and all of the inferences indicate the plaintiff tripped on the lip, but there's nothing showing why it's dangerous or that it's some something about the lip that was the cause of the plaintiff's fall, something that would involve negligence on the part of Walgreens. So it has to be, in your view, it has to be more than an unevenness. Correct. Uh, there's unevenness in daily life. Uh, they did cite to Shanner versus United States, and that case involved uneven slabs of a sidewalk. I will agree, most people assume that a sidewalk slabs, that they're going to be fairly even. This is a situation where we're talking about a lip that was between the lip from the asphalt pavement up to a sidewalk. There's well, counsel, just... if, if, if Judge Kelly's, uh, if, uh, I, I think so, she's done. If, if Judge, if uh, her honor's done, let me ask you, one inch would be enough though, right? Under some Missouri cases? If they'd simply had evidence of a one-inch unevenness, that's Bartle and, and uh, you know, the uh, size of a half dollar or silver dollar, whatever that is, that's enough, right? Well, I think that could be enough that somebody could trip on it, but there's nothing that would show that even if it was a half inch or an inch, that that's a dangerous situation. Well, you're right. You're right. In, uh, that Now you're against Smith versus Callaway Bank. You may know that's the infamous lava rock the size of the half dollar or silver dollar. They say it's a dangerous condition, right? The Court of Appeals does, correct? And Smith versus Callaway. Smith versus Callaway Bank, yeah. Yes, yes. What the court said uh, that there was an issue of material fact as to whether that could be a dangerous condition. So and if they if they hear it had it, I'm know I'm cutting you off for a second. Uh, feel free to come back to what you're going to say. But 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 so if they would have said it was an inch, I think Judge Wyman's would view the case differently. What do you think? With Smith versus Callaway Bank, what we're dealing with was lava rocks on a sidewalk, something born to the sidewalk, something different. This case involves the lip of the sidewalk. Okay, now do has, Bartle then. Bartle's the one inch case. You know, are you familiar with Bartle versus Central Markets, a 95 Missouri Court of Appeals case? Uh, no, I'm not, Your Honor. Okay. And Mays, Mays versus Region Banks, it's a federal district court. That's a half an inch that, that lets it go past summary judgment. And. No, I, uh, yes, yes, it does go. Let it go past summary judgment. Okay. And so, I apologize. So, no, that's okay. But but so but you can see it at some point. My goodness, if it gets to be like three inches, you know how much three inches is. You can't tell either. But but uh, surely at three inches, huh? There has to be some lip here that that's that's good enough to be dangerous. And, and I agree that there is a standard. And as I said, there's. Um, no indication that this lip, uh, at first there's no evidence 
that was presented as to the actual height of the lip. Uh, there's also no evidence that would indicate that that height differential for some reason is a dangerous condition. Like I said, such as applicable building codes that are used to make sure that sidewalks and things are constructed in a manner that's safe for the general public. And we well, now just there is means as testimony pretty much the same level. Okay. And, and yes, that's correct. Which okay. indicates to me that the height differential is very minimal. Uh, when this independent witness is saying it's pretty much the same level. I'm not seeing it, and that's the issue in this case. It would be unfair to hold Walgreens liable for a fall when no one can really articulate why this lip is dangerous. What about it should Walgreens fix? What about it should it warn of? Like I said, there's no evidence. There's no one saying that you can't see the lip. Uh, there's no one saying that it's impossible to navigate the lip. In fact, there was evidence to the contrary that the plaintiff and his sister had been to this Walgreens store many times and parked in a, approximately the same spot. And so that's what's fatal to the plaintiff's case. There has to be some evidence, something from which we can infer that this lip is a dangerous condition. The fact that the plaintiff tripped on it is not enough. Like I said, people trip every day over conditions that are not dangerous, they're just normal. And because the plaintiff failed to meet his burden to prove that this lip, or at least provide some evidence that would show us why or how this lip was a dangerous condition, it, he can't meet his burden at trial. And that's the purpose of having a summary judgment at this point. And for those reasons, the district court's entry of summary judgment should be affirmed. Thank you. Thank you, Ms. Crawford. Mr. Groves, your rebuttal. There we go. Thank you. Thank you, Your Honor. At trial, it will be my burden um, to show all the elements, and that's what we're asking this court to do is reverse summary judgment so that we can get to trial. Um, a couple of things, because I don't believe it's our burden. I don't think um, Ms. Crawford believes it's our burden on summary judgment. But a couple of things. I would agree that the mere falling in and of itself, by itself, with nothing more, um, probably doesn't get me to a defective condition. But when you have falling and a lip or an unevenness, then I think you do get to a defective condition. And that's... Counsel, what, don't you have to have some evidence, though, of the degree of unevenness would that be necessary to evaluate the dangerousness? I don't think you have to have an arbitrary measure, Your Honor. I think you do have some degree of unevenness. And if you look at Exhibit A, it shows that there's some degree of unevenness. And, and the trial court found that degree of unevenness. Now, we don't know the actual height of it. That's not in the record. But there is some degree. And when uh, counsel for Walgreens says, well, this is no different than a curb. I would disagree because if you look at exhibit A, you have most of the asphalt lining up with the sidewalk in a regular basis and it looks smooth. And then you have the place where Mr. Hodge fell 
that clearly shows a difference between what is normal. And as a result of that, I think that and the Tiger cases, I think you have enough to show an unreasonable dangerous condition and to survive summary judgment. I'm out of time and I appreciate this court's attention to this matter. All right. Thank you, Mr. Groves. Thank you also, Ms. Crawford. We appreciate both counsel's participation and argument before the court this morning. Uh, we'll uh, continue to study your briefing materials and render decision in due course. Thank you.